0: All right, it's the uh, chance of gaming podcast. It's episode ninety, which is really weird because we actually recorded this before and I lost it, so that's why we haven't had an episode for like a month. Uh, we just all got back together, and um, Most yeah, I, know, I know, I know, Like with me, always is Roy, but tonight the part of Richard will be played by two different pe- two separate actors. And uh that would be Shannon
1: and Brian. Hello, this is Shannon. Hello, I'm Brian.
0: All right, and, and I'm Roy. Yeah, yeah, it's look when Good job, Roy. Yeah. when, there, when there's such such a powerhouse of Richard not being here, that's that's what we have to do. We have to
2: We need get... two guys to match the 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 um uh, the male virility, the, the 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 raw power, the raw
3: sexual power of Rich.
0: Yeah, they're actually in a. Tr- they're two guys in a trench coat,
3: like you know. And th- <laughs> there he is in front of him. My- so yeah, me at six foot with another person. Yeah, that's one person.
0: But well, Rich is a really tall Rich guy. Rich is it's, a towering yeah. figure. Yeah, he's enormous. So, all right, uh, I've got a, a convention coming up in about five weeks. Siege of Vicksburg, and um, and I have a Patreon that I occasionally post stuff to. So you see that link in the show notes. And, uh, yeah, generally, as we start off the episode, uh, we, for whatever reason, we start talking about, at least we're not talking about the weather, but uh, we start talking about uh, things we've watched.
2: Is, is that a source epic for you there,
0: Adam? Uh, well, I mean, it's just hot. It's hot and shitty down oh, okay. here. So. Um, I'm pretty comfy
4: up here.
2: You oh, all right.
0: know, and, look, look I, I will appreciate the handful of people that reached out to me in the past week because Jackson Mississippi made the national news not not about murder this time you know uh, Rich and I have we go back and forth between St. Louis and Jackson as to which one is the most violent city in America but it wasn't about that this time it was about our water crisis so I really appreciate the handful of people that reached out to check to see how I was I actually live in a suburb of Jackson. I live in Ridgeland right now, and uh, we have our own water system. So I am safe from the toxic goo and Ligonier's disease that's coming in uh, Jackson. So, yeah, really, really bad. So I appreciate that. So uh, what have you guys been watching? Well, so I think that
2: we've all seen the Rings of Power, right? Yes, I have okay have you seen I, it adam
0: yeah i actually just finished uh the last episode and i i okay. have to okay between it and she hulk uh i love the um the anger that people <laughs> are experiencing on the internet <laughs> you know it's like i i read about the anger before i watch the episode and i watch it and i'm like what the fuck is wrong with people um yeah. you know I, yeah. I i think it's something and i'm trying to tell my girlfriend this. It's like people like have they think they have like an ownership or something of these properties like, you know, oh, hey, I, you know, I read Lord of the Rings, you know, when I was in eighth grade, it changed my life and whatever. And so you have this idea in your mind of like how things Mm -hmm. are supposed to look and whatever. And then when it doesn't look that way, you get mad, I guess. I don't know.
2: Well, so what was what was our overall f- feelings about it? Because for me, I didn't hate it. I mean, it's fine. It's the uh, there's four different stories going on that are kind of intertwined, and I really want to see where they
3: all go. So I don't know. What did you think of it, Brian? Well, I mean, I've only watched Lord of the Rings once or twice. Uh, I tried to read the books, so I'm not up to date on lore. But I liked it. I think they did it at least the opening part was not completely boring with all the world building and hey we were here now we're here. I liked it.
2: So okay, what uh, what you got going on, Adam? What well, what's your thoughts about it?
0: I I uh when I was a kid, I started you know, you hear about Lord of the Rings. I just started re- getting into fantasy novels and stuff like that. And it was this classic. So I read The Hobbit and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, this is the most boring book I've ever read in my life. <laughs> it's terrible. And it literally put me off from the rest of the series. And I didn't read the rest of the series until the movies came out. And a friend of mine who's who was a huge Tolkien geek was like, no, no, no. He's like, I completely understand. Yeah, you should not have read that book first. And – um <laughs> then uh i read it and i liked them and i i love the movies i love the you know they're like god what are they like three and a half hours each i that's right i do think it's uh shit that they took the hobbit which is like the worst book and cut and cut that's it up it into three thumbs yeah i swear i thought it was four or or some shit like that it was <laughs> is it terrible four? it's
3: three okay. it's, it's three, three. it's it like four i think that hobbit is easier to split up into multiple movies because it's easier to go one book into three movies than go three books into a total of six, seven, eight. But I <laughs> I could sit through one book as three movies a lot more. Okay, what? so well, oh sorry, well, continue. Uh-
0: you know, all that to say, is like this, this, what we're seeing now is all about, uh, this is like, uh, is this from the Similarion or whatever? This is from his other books, right? Well,
1: okay. No, actually. Um, it's yeah, here we go. built on the appendices from The Lord of the Rings. Apparently, they weren't able to get the Tolkien Estate to go ahead with the Silmarillion. So there are a couple of vague references to those events. Yeah. Um, And then what's actually going on is an adaptation of the material that was put into the appendices by Tolkien. Um, So if you pull down your enormous, huge slipcase red volume of The Lord of the Rings and flip back to the final 800 pages or so, you'll find the appendices.
3: (laughs) Only 800? (laughs)
1: Um, Where all of this gets explained, except not really, because it's been adapted into a television show rather than, what it was in the books, which was basically scholars' cliffs notes.
2: Okay, so well, what's your what's your feeling about it, Shannon?
1: It's fine. Okay. Um, yeah. As as <laughs> at, similar to Adam's experience, um, I saw all the outrage on the internet for the last nine months, um, yes. and then when the things everybody was outraged about actually happened on the screen, it was to my eyes, oh, look at that, that's nice. Um, and also similar to Adam's experience, um, when I first got into gaming back in the early eighties, I tried to read, uh, fellowship and, oh my God, it was the most boring book. I couldn't hardly do it. And I didn't really pick it up again until the movies came out. And I thought similar to 2001, probably the best approach here is to read the books, see the movies and then read the books again. And, um, so I did. I did read through them, and I liked them quite well. But I did learn something wow. about myself in reading the books, which is, the best way for me to read books is to skip past the elf song, and a surprisingly number, surprisingly large number of books, have elf song in them, just huge chunks that you can skip right over because, they're in a foreign language and they don't matter.
2: Oh, is that like so? It's like uh, uh, epic poetry, like like the Iliad. Yeah.
1: Sure. I have not okay. read that, right. <laughs> but I have but, read
3: more. Yeah. Like that, like so, it'll print the Elven words in the book. So, like, it's a paragraph or page, or a couple pages, just in not English.
1: Correct like, and uh, not translated.
3: Yeah, like, hey, a bunch of Elven writing. And yeah, yeah. Um, so the uh, at
2: the at the end of uh, episode one of Rings of Power. Uh, Galadriel jumps in the ocean and she's 4,000 miles from any shore.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, yeah. Just a long, long way. Longer <laughs> like, than I could. Say.
3: Like, I understand what she's
1: trying to do,
3: but she is thousands of miles away what's the survivability yes well she is an elf so the kind of they're they're mary
2: sue characters you know so that what the seven of them are climbing up a, an icy waterfall um i don't know the, the yeah being elves they're just they're they're good at everything
3: well i understand that but like where's how far can they swim without sleeping, right sleeping yeah without eating Without um, drinking good
1: water, far enough. The one of the <laughs> one of the themes that Tolkien was always pressing was, you fight the good fight, um, and Galadriel is certainly personifying that this far into the show. Uh, you don't, and and Tolkien was also writing from a point of view where he was a profoundly faithful Catholic, but he was writing stories in a pre-Catholic world. Um, mm-hmm. And so he was writing stories that were about uh, pagan heroics, which are you fight, you fight, you fight, you fight, you fight, even though you know at the end you're not going to win, but you win for as long as you can. And that was, that was Gladriel's motive there. Uh, she knew the fight wasn't over, and so she didn't want to go back to the place where there were no fights. She wanted to keep the fight going, even though she knew she couldn't win it. Okay.
2: So um, there's, to to my, my count, there's, I think there's four different storylines going on. There's I think you're right. There's yeah. a Rondir and Bronwyn. There's Nori and the Stranger, which I'm curious what your guys' thoughts about who the Stranger is and then there is uh Elrond and I'm missing the fourth one
1: Galadriel Galadriel
2: of Galadriel, yeah. course
3: yes you got three elf storylines yes with mixed people so, mixed company so who is the stranger what's what's our thoughts about that I've seen some speculation
1: that maybe Gandalf. That's kind but, of where I'm following fa- fa- with that too. I'm I'm torn. Gandalf and Sauron both came up as possibilities when my wife and I were watching oh, right. it. Okay. Um, he's certainly erratic. Um, hmm. The Sauron the speculation came from me when we saw him in the center of the crater, which had a definite eye of Sauron. Um, oh, okay, yeah. Okay. Motif uh, to my eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But uh, one of the things I learned reading the Sandman years ago was that it's fun to speculate, um, but it's more fun to watch the storyteller actually really reveal uh, yeah. uh, what's going on. And it could be somebody completely different. And that would be fantastic.
3: Well, that's why I don't put stock into a lot of speculation. So i just rather find out when the producers and storytellers are like, hey, it's actually Steve. The wizard who controls <laughs> lightning
2: bugs. It's Fred Sure. <laughs> okay, so Adam, are you still with us?
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I uh, in. I, I mean, with that, it's I just finished watching that, and then I, I was like, oh, wait, maybe that is Sauron, you know? Uh, one thing I like the world building of their showing, like, the elves at their height. Dwarves are at their height, and look, I love Kaza You know, we're seeing Kaza Doom. You know,
2: yeah, that it's was like, that was a cool set piece.
0: It's like, oh, look, yeah. it's before it's all fucked up and everything. Before we got greedy, and then
3: the entire dragon came over.
0: Yeah, and then it's showing the hobbits as like this really young race, this young, stupid, idealistic race. You know, I would
3: argue that they're not being stupid. They're like nomadic. They understand where to hide. But they haven't like done the whole inside of mountains yet. But they're, they're a hunter-gatherer group now. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I would argue, priests, kind of civilized, but they they know what they're doing. They've got their stuff figured. I again, an argument can be made for stupid. They're not as great as elves and dwarves and humans, but they're not going to well, get
0: well. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, honestly, even. The the ones we see in Lord of the Rings aren't that bright either. They're, they're, they're just <laughs> kind of, you know, just like eh, whatever. But uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, that was good to see. I, it was. I, 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 I
2: enjoyed that. those guys. So, so do we want to uh, move on to She Hulk.
0: Well, uh, yeah. Have you guys watched it at all? I've watched
2: the first three. Yes. This yeah. is there only three yeah. that so far. Is there more yeah. coming out?
3: Yeah, I think we got. Th-
0: Three more. I've I mean, seen, yeah, uh, it's the whole Most series. of
3: them,
0: yeah. Uh, nope. My honestly, like my only complaint with it at all is I don't like the fourth wall breaking. I'm
1: like,
0: yeah. I, I'm like, is it that Deadpool's thing? That you know?
1: is, it was She-Hulk's thing in the comics. um okay. Early. Um, that is, if there's any one thing that is She-Hulk's thing, it is that thing.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I mean, yeah. I guess I'll, you know, give that a pass then, because I didn't know that. I, I, yeah. I didn't read it. Yeah, and
1: it's a it's a gimmick that works for some people and not so much for others. And, um, but it is definitely a her thing.
3: Well, it's we haven't seen it in the MCU, so it's new. Deadpool is around, but not MCU. It's,
0: but. I mean, I I dug it, you know, I, I liked this, that, and the other, I liked, uh, you know, the, the twerking didn't bother me, and, uh, I, I famously said in front of, uh, my kids, I, I called her Megan Three Stallion, so, um, (laughs) instead of The Stallion, so, you know it's again it's none of that bothers me none of that hurts me you know to, to see all this stuff yay it's great whatever and uh yeah i it's i love what's her name from um what was the clone related show she was in it was so awesome dadgummit it's, i can't even oh yeah i can't uh, even pronounce her name uh, it's like on dbc it's Tatiana Massonet yeah. or, or something yeah. like that. It's, fuck, uh, yeah. or- Orphan then, Black, you... Orphan Black.
2: Yep, there you go. That's yeah, I,
0: I fucking love that. She's a fantastic actress in that, playing, like, multiple, you know, characters, all differently, just amazing. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I dig it. It's I'll, I'll continue to watch it. I like the, you know, how the thing of, she's like, okay, well, I'm an attorney, and I'm going to represent, you know, people that, or, you know, super-powered power, super people and whatnot. So, that's cool. I like yeah. that
2: one. Now, I'm not so much in, into the MCU, um, so tell me about Abomination, because I was kind of jazzed to see Tim Roth uh, as, as the Abomination.
3: So, Abomination was in the Incredible Hulk movie, which is technically in the timeline, but it is wildly regarded as... One of the worst.
2: Is this the Ang Lee, the
3: cartoony version? No. Uh, It's Tim Norton is the Hulk. Okay. And then. I'm not sure who it it is. Yeah. It came out around uh, Iron Man. Oh,
0: yeah. It had. uh, It's okay. There were a lot of shitty Marvel movies. And this is the only one that they allowed in. And it, it was played by Edward Norton was the Hulk in it. Oh, and, okay. Um uh, fuck. Uh, yeah, it's not the Ang Lee Hulk, but it was like the one that came right after. Right. Okay.
4: And, and so,
0: yeah, that that's like his origin story. How that you know where he comes from. So uh yeah.
3: Boehner made the serum, went or ma- Banner had the serum, went crazy one too many times. So they gave a variation of the serum to the uh, to abomination with a guy. Or I forgot his name. Um, yeah. Oh. And then Emil. Yeah.
2: Legassi. No.
3: Because <laughs> then abomination was supposed to hold or stop the Hulk. Um. Then had a change of like thought process of maybe I'm not the good guy, and then completely rages destroys harlem and so the hulk and abomination
0: fight okay all right but yeah i and of course you saw him i i was very surprised to see him at uh dr strange the last dr strange movie you you get that glimpse of him and you know everybody was like what the hell is he oh. there for and yeah that well was he was one. also
3: in uh shang chi Oh, sorry. Yes. Of not, one. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It was. It, you're right. That's what it was. It was Shang Chi, not the. But, yeah, yep. Anyway, uh, I also I watched uh, Love and Thunder today. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah I've seen that. I, I saw that recently. I've I been wanting to see it for a long time. Finally, got to see it, and uh, yeah, fucking loved it. It was yeah, hysterical. I love the idea of a jealous weapon. And yeah i just love those shots of whenever his little at the axe I, I forget the name uh creeps into the shot like when he's trying to talk to like his hammer yeah that was hysterical fucking loved it uh but yeah i mean it's tadia Awadi, of course it's gonna be great uh but probably my favorite marvel movie was the other thor one uh there was thor the dark world and then ragnarok no. Ragnarok. Yeah, 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 fucking love oh, yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> that. Yeah, I was a, um, kid. I think make make a a make a wish. Kid said, "Hey, it's a Hulk and Hulk and Thor are together." He's my friend from work. Yeah, <laughs> it's cute. I loved it.
0: But I dug it. Uh, has it, any of you guys watched uh, Reservation Dogs?
2: It's on my list. And fantastic. That's, that's on Hulu, I think. Right. Yep.
0: Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Highly recommend it. It's back. Uh, have you guys watched The Bear?
2: I have never. even s- heard of the yes. That's also on Hulu. I started watching The Bear because I kept hearing all kinds of uh, buzz about it, and so this this dude, Carmy, is a he's a fine dining chef, and he his uh, brother commits suicide. His brother runs the family Italian beef sandwich shop in Chicago, so he has to kind of give up his his highfalutin, you know, foodie career to come home and run the sandwich shop. So he kind of tries to he's there, kind of trying to mend fences and reform and build friendships with uh, everybody that he's working with, and he gets a lot of pushback from people around him because they don't want to do all of his highfalutin. Uh, things that he wants to do to turn the turn the sandwich shop around, and he's in in hot to uh, a loan shark for three hundred thousand dollars, and um, so he's just trying. He's he's a working dude that's doing his best to uh, um, keep the sandwich shop afloat and keep himself sane, um, and kind of get to the to the core of why his brother committed suicide. So
0: I. Every person and I, they call it a comedy,
2: but it, I don't think it is.
0: Every person I know that has ever worked in a, the restaurant industry loves it. So, okay, um, yeah, I,
2: uh, I, know, I and I've
3: never worked in restaurant before.
2: Me neither, but I think I'd like to.
3: I technically worked at Pizza Hut. I mean, it was four hours a week, but
0: uh, I, I've
3: worked,
0: I've worked fast food. I mean, I've worked uh, Arby's for thirty nine hours a week. You know. That's that's the American thing where they cut you off at 39 hours so they don't have to pay you benefits. So, yeah, yeah, I've done that. Uh, I don't recommend it. Um, So, yeah. And every person I know that has worked in a restaurant, especially restaurant management, works like every single day of every single year for like 12 to 15 hours a day. Yeah. A lot of substance abuse, uh, a lot of uh, problems, and uh, yeah, can't say I'd recommend that either
3: oh all right well, if we're all also right. not recommending jobs I would not recommend Amazon
0: <laughs> oh no 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 I mean yeah <laughs> I that's know. the thing it's like people get excited <laughs> like one opened recently in the area and I was like have you guys not like read like what it's like to be an Amazon worker where you you you're not allowed bathroom breaks you have to piss in a bottle Yep. It's, you know
3: how many, how many Gatorade bottles have you pissed in Brian so I have not pissed in any. I worked in a delivery station, so there was more breaks. It was more laid back. All of that's quotation marks because it's still rushed. Uh, so like I could mo- probably get a break whenever I needed one. But we were scheduled for 40 hours. So the one up in GR I was at was one twenty a.m., to eleven fifty a.m. Then they could call mandatory extra time for fifty hours or sixty hours. Nice. So my schedule was originally Monday Thursday. Monday Tuesday. I could get forced to work Friday to work fifty. Then I could get forced to work Saturday for sixty. Man, I yeah.
0: I'll tell I'll tell you like a another thing is like they tempt you in with like all right if you come to work for us if you work for X amount of time whatever you get stock options but every you just go on the internet every single fucking person will tell you you will be fired the day before you qualify for those stock options and rehired the next day it just <laughs> never happens yeah it's it's but, fucking, it's a shit it's a shit place to work for
3: but anyway. But like, I, even as a grunt, did not like it, but I could make more than my salary managers over like hours. If I worked a lot of overtime, I could technically make more year to year because they would get paid, they'd get stock options, but then they'd also like, you want to work a 13 hour day? You want to do it five times? But, mm. but big salary doesn't mean a lot.
4: Right.
2: Yeah. Um. So, House of the Dragon.
0: Yes. Are any of you guys watching it besides me? No. no. I Look, I, I... I do
2: not have HBO Max.
0: Okay, so... i not into a Game of Thrones. Like, I, <clears throat> wa- I read the first book, and I was like, this is too rapey for me so uh yeah, this this, this is not my that. this is not my thing and so i you know i didn't shit on people actually watching it but yeah i just that was my thing i was you watch it and i was fascinated by that has been the biggest ip i've ever seen in my life utterly completely and utterly shit the bed than <laughs> yeah. than anything well
3: i I, mean, just, I watched game of thrones
0: twice yeah oh I'm like people. i people hate that fucking ending so bad that it 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 turned them off from it it went it went from like people like wearing the i drink and no things shirts and uh stuff to people just like yeah i don't give a shit oh yeah and and so um when the history of the uh the the book of this uh house of the dragon book came out i was like oh wait Uh, You know, I'm a big history guy and I love, absolutely love the idea of fantasy history. There's a few books like this where they write the novel like it's a history book and like what you would read, you know, if you were, you know, reading about this house. So I really thought that was cool and I picked it up and I read it and I liked it. And so when they came out with the show, I was like, okay, cool, I'll watch this too. And uh, yeah, it was great. I, well, I like so, it so far now
2: we are so on here on this podcast we have an official stance we are expressly against the burning of children
0: that's fair. yes so oh, it's yeah. shit so i are we, about that yeah
2: are you is has there been any burning of children no in, there, uh, in house of the dragon
0: no there's not been any burning okay. of children in house of the dragon okay un, so un, Unlike Sunk. the Game of Thrones uh, TV show, <laughs> where we okay. had where we had to make a stand, we had to yes. make a stand. We had to come out. We had to be brave and come out against the burning of children.
3: No yeah, one else would.
0: No one else had the line. courage to. <laughs> yep. We had to draw that hard line of it. And okay. uh, right. you
2: you may continue to watch then, Adam.
0: Yeah. So and oh, there, trust there's me. There's the minute a child some. gets burned, I'm I'm out. I'm done.
3: <laughs> all right good there is never on screen burning of children in game of thrones but there definitely is this um i think mid-season there's some live children at a farmhouse and then a couple episodes scenes later there's some bodies that they said they got at a farmhouse this is in game of thrones this is game of thrones okay yep all right. and then at the end with the terrible ending that you know one might there's some fly burning of children yeah she takes this dragon burns down the city that's, there could be children that's why we decided that we're yeah we're that's our
2: official stance we're against yes. the burning of children
0: that's, yeah which it's okay, bold.
1: it's a bold move, yeah. Bold it, is. It, it is, it is,
0: yep. That's, that's that's a bold move, Cotton. Let's see how that works
3: <laughs> out. It's a
1: bold move for 2022. You know, but who's not against great? the burning who's of children with Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru. Oh, that's true, yeah. Not children, we're good. That's true, yep.
0: Yeah, that's the, burn, the burning of uncles and aunts. That's okay.
1: <laughs>
2: that
0: if it's used correctly, it's good.
2: But you know, who's not against the burning of children, Dan Carlin?
0: Yeah, so. Yes, it made a stance. <laughs> no, exactly. I sure af- after he hears that, he'll be right on he'll get right are on you, it.
1: Are are you sure yeah. in all the hours of him talking, he's never really come out against it? Mm, Cuz he well, talks talks a lot of hours. It's true, yes.
2: Yep. But he, he talks about other people burning children. So I, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, doesn't get very judgy though, does he? No. <laughs> so we're so, are, we're moving on?
0: Yeah, what about
3: what about Sandman? Uh, what my about Sandman? Saw it. She liked it. I, I haven't watched it. Is that a, it, it's uh, a Netflix TV
1: show? Oh, okay. Netflix TV series. It enjoyed the same uh, Twitter outrage that uh, <laughs> Rings of Power has with <laughs> uh,
3: everything. Now is getting complained
1: with with casting choices um, and and changes to the stories. Um, and uh, I read those comic books when they were in their initial run and they were, they were fantastic. And most of the things people are crabbing about on the show were explicitly present in the comics.
4: Okay. Um, and so and... it's
1: very weird to watch people claim to be fans of the property and oh. so completely misread what was right in front of them.
0: And holy shit, my favorite thing has been Neil Gaiman. Commenting on every complaint. It's like, I'm Indeed. sorry. Yeah, I fucking loved it. He's like, I'm sorry, did you not read the books? That's exactly what I was talking <laughs> Especially when they go like, that's not what Neil Gaiman was trying to do. He'll comment, like, I assure you, that is what exactly what I was trying to do. I'm sorry, you missed that. Yeah. So, oh yeah. Fantastic. There was
1: um there was one Neil Gaiman comment I I saw that uh was really fantastic. Somebody had done a, a YouTube about death specifically and what death looks like. And in the original comic, the first time we see death is when she meets the character Franklin, who in the comic books is like a 12-year-old white kid playing soccer. And so she's this goth chick. And in the series, the first time we see death is right after she meets the character Franklin, who's this 20-something black guy playing soccer in the park. And so this guy in the video's point was maybe the way we all perceive death is based on the perception of the person she encounters first in the first story we see because she's that character's death. And so we're stuck perceiving that character death in the way Franklin did mm, in both okay. in both series. And Neil Gaiman came along and said, that's really good. And I was impressed that he uh, that he was willing to go along with that notion. Um, I remember everybody saying, "Oh, Death looks like Tori Amos," and him oh, saying, "Oh, yeah, yeah." <laughs> I forgot um, about that. Yep. Back back in the day, um, and now I feel like um, back back in the day, everybody was all, "Oh, Death looks like Robert Smith," um, but I feel like Death looks like the guy from Spando Ballet on the TV show now. Okay. What yeah. about the guy from Flock of Seagulls? I don't remember the guy from Flock of Seagulls. He had the crazy hair. Well, they all had anyway, crazy hair. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, <laughs> that's not distinctive. I'm, I'm moving tangentially. Um, anyway, so that's my opinion. I think the Sandman adaptation is really very good. And I personally was extremely pleased that they didn't go in for the gore in quite the same way that they did in that uh, early 90s British way.
0: Yeah. Well, uh... I guess we'll talk about what we've been playing. This is a tabletop gaming podcast after a while. Uh, you know. Roy, what have you been playing?
2: <laughs> well, okay, Doki. Uh, I have been playing uh and I picked this game up at Gen Con and I I want to take just a little bit of an aside. Uh so I gave a Gen Con rundown last time around in our last recording, and I talked about um Matthew Wayne Monday, uh, who was a dude that I met uh when I was having a beer in the in the little food court there. Um, and so I want to, want to shout out to him. Um, so anyway, now I'm, I'm going to shift gears and talk about what I was playing. So one of the games that I picked up, or my wife actually picked up at Gen Con was My Little Pony Adventures in Equestria. So this is a cooperative deck building game along the lines of, well, I mean, it's like every deck building game, like, uh, Dominion or, um, Yeah, there's a bunch of them. But anyway, so this is a cooperative game in which you're overcoming hurdles. So there's you you deal out three hurdle cards, which are things to overcome. And then there's a final hurdle, which is a little bit beefed up. Um, So you go through four different kind of crises that you're trying to uh, overcome. So you move around the board or you move around the cards. You move from card to card. So there's some cards that are location cards. And if you move there, you can do the task if you have the resources to do it. So uh, if I can, if I spend eight help, I can get three sugar cubes. And the sugar cubes come in three different colors and they're used to overcome the hurdles. And then, um, yeah, it's cute. It's fine. It's it's a deck builder, so you're buying things off the tableau uh, that give you various resources. So each card, all the cards that you can buy can cost either move points or help points or knowledge points. Um, so I just actually just right before we started recording, I, I wrapped up a game of uh, My Little Pony Adventures in a Crestway. It's a brand new game that came out from uh, Renegade Games. And then um, the two games that I picked up at a garage sale are Ilium and, sorry, was there any comment about My Little Pony? Anybody wanna weigh in there?
0: Well, I was just concerned that the sugar cubes might give the uh, ponies cavities.
1: Oh, or, or, or hallucinations.
3: <laughs> Those are different kinds of sugar. <laughs> like Slightly ac- more illegal acid cubes. Yeah.
2: Okay, so then um, moving on here a little bit, I uh, picked up two games at a garage sale. So it was uh they were marked at $7 a piece, but we got both of them for 10 Uh And Ilium was a game that I got, and it's a game of you're uh, – there's a dig site that you're moving around. You're putting meeples down, and um, once the, all the paths to the particular dig site are completed, then you get to take an artifact from there. I did not really care for this game because – well, a bunch of different things is that I wasn't really sure what was to be gained from picking up the various artifacts. And then the 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 board was not especially clear as far as like where I was supposed to put meeples. Um, it was it was fine, but I don't know, I didn't especially care for it. Uh, and then the other game that I got at a garage sale was Portobello Market, which I played before. And this is, um, it's a London market where you, you're putting out uh, vendor stalls down to different different streets. And you can only put the vendor stalls in places where the Bobby is. And so he moves from block to block. You can move him around and you have to pay victory points to move him. Um, you fill up the street with vendor stalls and then at some point you can score the number of points that, uh, you know, that are there on the spaces where you are. Um, so it's it was a fine game. It took me a little bit to kind of get my head around it. And uh, it's sort of the thing where you can kind of see somebody's lining up a bunch of points. And so it'll kind of be a pile-on sort of thing where, well, if, if nobody does anything, he's going to break in 40 points. And so there was one situation where I I did that and everybody could see that I was about ready to to score big on it and nobody did anything. Uh, so I, I said well I guess these points for mine then
0: so um, all right So are you, are you just selling mushrooms at the Portobello market
2: no you know there says there's nothing about mushrooms in there other than the name um, <laughs> all right yeah, it's, it goes it goes together with the uh, with the sugar cubes I guess
0: okay this is <laughs> the why acid I, this,
3: cubes and the good mushrooms this is why I have trust issues okay <laughs>
2: And uh, so then the last game I've been playing is with, uh, but it's uh, starting a brand new D and D group with Brian, who's across the table from me. He's going to be the DM. So we've gone through character creation. Um, It's uh, I'm the most experienced player. Well, I guess after Brian or no kind of playing order. Okay, alongside, but he knows the rules better. But then we've got uh, three newbies. Which is kind of interesting to to um, kind of re experience the kind of the wonder of like, well, I can do this. So there's, I'm not, What's what are the rules for me, you know, uh, jumping off of a cliff and trying to grab the eagle as it goes soaring by? Well, there's really no rules there. So let's kind of game it out and figure it out. Um, so we have not actually started, we have, we had one combat, which is kind of an example combat that he ran um and i'll let him speak more about that but i'm excited we're uh, our next session is coming up this next week
3: all right so, so are you Adam, playing are, 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 you, you, are okay. you playing spelljammer or not uh, we're playing regular 5e yeah if it's if it's someone's first time i don't want to jump into spelljammer or i don't know the rules <laughs> it's easier if two <laughs> of us know what we're doing we are gonna, we're going to we're going to speak about spelljammer here a little bit later though
0: that's been like the uh the first 5e product i've really bought with an intention to play um was that oh Uh, yeah uh i do you you have a copy in hand now yeah i do i am completely and utterly like fascinated by just i love the idea of getting like fantasy spaceships oh yeah it's just kind of a you know a really cool thing uh but yeah, I just thought it was cool, so um, I just jumped all that, jumped all over it. So,
3: well, and some of the races just get fun because there's like flying squirrels. I know it's a different name, but like every foot of movement you go down, you can go over five feet for so it's just gliding around the battlefield. Well, we're not talking about the Z, are we? Spelljammer races.
2: Okay, all right. Because we're going to talk race, about we're going to talk about that a little bit later okay all right i just like squirrels okay flying squirrels not a not flying ape. all, all right
0: sure. so okay. what i've had a chance to play uh i the, uh, the first thing was war cry its interest is fired back up for it and i mean look i i get it a lot of these games i'm honestly surprised like years later to be like oh this game is still being supported that is not what i expected So I guess I'll start playing again. And uh, uh, yeah, so with Warcry, uh, my girlfriend and I drove down to Hattiesburg about an hour and a half away and uh, got in a game, and I'll play again this coming weekend at HubCon. But uh, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. It plays on a really small gaming area, Uh, probably 3 by 2 if that, and about uh eight figures per side and uh yeah just really neat uh it's yeah. a really fun easy game to play and yeah
2: well and i know you kind of dig on those those small footprint war games
0: too. oh yeah i i love it i i do and so i bought the, the latest box set my only problem with it is uh games workshop wants to they want you with it and kill team which is basically the forty K version of Warcry. They want to sell you everything. So the uh the terrain you use is proprietary. You actually have a deck of cards and you draw out of the cards and it tells you which terrain to place down and where. And then you just kind of go from there. So uh that's no. but yeah, it it's fun, it's fast, and uh yeah, highly wow. recommend it. And, well, I do
2: like the notion yeah. of having the deck of cards where you're going to set up the battlefield with that.
0: Oh yeah, it's it's yeah, it it's really not. Well, the other problem is it's just fucking expensive. Like if you yeah. had a if you ended up buying every single set that comes out, uh, yeah, because this Games Workshop it gets really expensive. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. uh, surprisingly, and again, I've talked about this on this show so many times. I have no idea the fickle heart of the gamer and the um the store owner <laughs> part i don't i do not understand what makes either a gamer or store owner wake up one day and suddenly go hey you know what we're gonna play this game now and mm-hmm. all that to say the miniature game from cool Mini or not big fans of the show uh, <laughs> a, a song of ice and fire has just took off like game busters locally and i don't i part of it is uh, my store owner said um the house of the dragon uh show had kind of like rekindled interest in it and uh yeah so uh i was like well let me take a look at it and i like it because uh the figures are already put together and you're not expected to paint them, so yay, <laughs> nice. So that that's a big bonus in my in my thing. Uh, they're in a tray where you move them around, you know. So it's not like Sigmar where you're having to move around fifty fucking little guys and they have to maintain coherency, blah blah blah. And the games are fast; they're fast. You play it in like 45 minutes to an hour, like a big size game. It's all they last six rounds, period. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. And I like the intricacies of, you have a, you have, it, oh yeah. Another thing is, it's I go, you go. So unlike like 40, 40 K and age of Sigmar now where, okay. If I go first, I move my entire army and then you move your entire army. You know, with this one is I move one unit then you move a unit like Battletech you know uh, other great games like that I really dig that but they had the secondary board where you could do political shit which also allows you to like heal wounds or uh attack again or whatever and these are one-time things you could do however you had to buy the diplomat to do that so I just glancing around and looking at the the different factions and stuff i decided to buy greyjoy if you guys are familiar with that yeah the uh and uh i want to get my girlfriend into it and i bought her the stark box set so like hers has two units that she can use on the once you pay for them um on the political board it's um caitlin stark and stanza stanza again apology never had, apologies if i'm mutilating it because <laughs> i never i can't well, pronounce then. anything anyway so uh yeah and uh the store owner had uh a tarragon house tarragon army with uh the little horse people and uh, yeah it's just i mean it's just really really cool there are a lot of diverse diverse units different things you can build different ways to play it And, uh, yeah, man, I'm here for it. It looks really cool. It's really taking off. And I, uh, to me, I was like, this cut and dried, this simple, it seems to be kind of, we could competitively play it, like have a tournament. And apparently looking at the website, which will be linked in the show notes, there is like, uh, they, there is a scene for it. Uh, they recently had the U S national championships, apparently in July, So, uh, yeah, that's kind of cool. I mean, I dig it. Again, I don't really, I don't give a shit about, like, the the books or the TV show or whatever. Um, In fact, I would probably understand more if they did, like, House of the Dragon Armies, because I've read that book. But uh, it's fun. It's, the factions seem to be really detailed and different from each other and have their own, you know, strengths and weaknesses and so, but yeah like it so, a lot yeah
2: oh so you mentioned the the political board uh so i think i remember us I talking about this before and so like for example uh the imp is not a battle unit he is not so he goes onto the political board and is there any kind of like tactical movement on the political board
0: um just thinking offhand. All right. The political board. there are like, I think six different things you can do. I know one of them is like heal. A unit can heal three wounds. Uh, another one is a unit can make an attack. And so that is in addition to its attack. So you can have a unit attack twice. Okay. So I know when I've played, I've wanted to get that first. Not only to be able to attack twice, but to deny my opponent the ability of do it. The other thing... Oh, another one that's fun is to make an enemy unit take a panic test. All right, the panic test is like, all right, if you hit me and you, like, kill one guy, at least one guy, I have to take a panic test. And so I roll my leadership dice and i roll a d3 at the same time and if i fail i immediately take the d3 casualties so really it's just interesting and Mm -hmm. i think there's another one that's movement one thing i don't have a lot of experience with because we're just learning is there is a separate like mission card deck and uh things you could do during the game but we'll get back to that at some point but yeah I, I simply the fact that i can just take it out of the box put it down and play it i love it so yay so there you go so rich what you been playing rich Wait, is not here i know sad okay <laughs> all right so uh i guess we'll go with brian what is D one um,
5: so D one is unofficially sixth edition so it's the newest coming out I think it's releasing in two years. But they did a play test. They got some the rules down. Uh, they look good. I mean, they're stressing parts of characters that aren't normally used, like backgrounds. But you can have a fighter, and then you get all of his, like, you get weapons because you're a fighter. They're changing that so you can be a fighter. But you have to pick a background that works with the fighter because you get your starting equipment through your fighter. Um, They also took away uh, races for the race bonuses. Like elves get plus two to dex. They took all those away. They put them in the background. So if you want to be a fighter, you get your background and you get your, for your background, you get your equipment you get your bonuses. I think you get some proficiencies. So, like, if you're a thief, you get proficiencies in thieving things. And it's just a changing things. I think it works better. The background's changed. The maids attacking, or some attacking, better. At least in 5e. Un- un- unarmed attack? It's bad you just punch the guy, you do your strength damage. Like Strength damage is anywhere between 0 and 5. But punching a guy in D&D 1, you can grapple him so he can't move, can't really take attack. You can just push him 5 feet, or you can just do the strength damage. There's a lot of things that's changing that highlight some unused parts in 5E while still generally making the game better.
1: Have you played the grapple rules?
5: Um, in 5e yes, it's hard because yeah part of the attack is you have to make a grapple attack so that has to so you have to roll your strength so if you, athletics your athletics versus their athletics so athletics is a sub. Right. rate of strength so if i roll if i'm a bar, if i'm a raging barbarian and i roll a 16 the uh, wizard the, the wizard who's just bad at strength can beat that this way it's if i hit you so my attack beats your armor rating right i do scrap you okay which i feel like makes more sense
1: Grapple has been a, a problem in the game since AD&D. Uh, so it's good to hear that they're still working on it.
5: Well, this just <laughs> opens it up to more fun breaking, because there's a Aarakocra race, which are bird people. I saw a video of, like, you're an unarmed fighter, you run up to the guy, you punch him to grapple in, you fly 10 feet in the air you drop him so he takes falling damage then he's prone so he's laying down right fly down and punch him again and since he's prone you get advantage to attack him so you roll twice take the higher it's more fun
3: (laughs) (laughs) for some people
5: (laughs) for the guy not on the ground
1: (laughs) okay
0: well uh look i I've seen a lot of people talk about um the different races and whatnot. You could do, like, there's cat people and dog people and all this stuff, but there are no ducks. No ducks at all. So, don't know what oh, that
1: is. Oversight. Yeah. <laughs> How are <laughs>
0: like,
5: The races, you just be like, L L you plus two to the decks, then there's sub races. With, which gives you, like, plus one to something. They took the bonuses out of that to make it, like, if I want to play a rogue, the best race based on improvements is an elf. But now I can go, I want to be a half elf. I want to be a rogue. That's an orc. You can do that. Mm-hmm. And then just pick a better background. But I got my 6-5 orc that's sneaking around, having you with that.
2: So you've got... Uh, the the races are really just more for flavor now. It's all based in the background more?
5: Well, so, like, you still have race things. Because, like, elves are magical, so they can take a four-hour nap versus everyone else taking an eight.
3: Mm-hmm. So
5: like, it's there's still decisions to make on race. Like, it's not getting rid of everything, but it's more race can fit into your play style. So you're not as focused on, I want to be a road, but I also
2: oh, want so I have to be an elf. You don't have to. Or, yeah. I- it's better. OK.
5: like your main that is dexterity. You want to get that up. Best way to do that is elf, goblin, halfling.
2: I tend to make suboptimal choices just, just for flavor. Well,
5: you're just a human.
2: Well, yeah. Exactly.
1: (laughs) I tend to make suboptimal choices because I don't really know what I'm doing. (laughs) I I look at I look at the 350 page player's handbook, and I think, oh my goodness.
2: So this group that we're playing in, um, these new players, what we have a dark elf assassin. Okay, yep, and a paladin who is a fallen Azamar and then what is it a sorcerer that's dragon boarding? Right. okay and then me human uh, yeah human cleric yes there you so, go because <laughs> these all these new players are like i can be that i can do that that sounds really
1: cool yeah and so, and i love that kind of thing that's one of the reasons i prefer to dm um, is because people get whooped up about making those kinds of great choices um, and then i can let them be in charge of the decisions about what they have to do, and all I have to do is come up with weird scenarios for them to respond to.
5: <laughs> well, like, as long as the players, like, respond to what I'm saying, because I played a campaign of, or, of one-shot, essentially. We'd start talking about playing session two and never do it. I was like, hey, you're in a room. There's a dark shadow in the corner. One guy's like, I'm going to run in it. I was like, "Okay, you're afraid. You're afraid now. I'm gonna run at it again. <laughs> you're afraid now. I'm gonna run it again." So I, like, you're so afraid. You run out of the room, down the stairs, out of the building, and you're afraid. I'm gonna run it again.
2: I'm attacking <laughs> so, the darkness.
5: Mm. So he runs back up, touches it. I break all the bones in his body. Break his jaw so he can't
4: talk.
5: Like three strikes. I'm being nice. You're done. No. Like, right. some DMs are nicer. <laughs> I sure. consider myself nice, but if you do the thing I cue you into not doing four times, that's my rope.
2: So what else you been up to?
5: Um. Uh, <laughs> that's mainly. Uh, I've played Mechanica, which has a fun opening or opening premise, which you're working at a robot plant making robots making bots. Uh, but it's got fun commentary about this, or you're working for a plant that is definitely not trying to take over the world. Definitely not. Like that's written. That the, that we're definitely not taking over the rule, world in the in the rules. Mm. It's just fun. It's it's a very simple, pretty quick, like factory. You're making a bot. You can double it. You can make it worth more money. You can change it into other things. It's a quick, simple game.
2: I did look at the boards. Actually, I played this too. Um, the um, the boards. I like how the boards kind of slot together. The so the the various little modules that you put together are puzzle pieces. So they they kind of um, slot together um, on on the board. So it's a two layer board, and you can put the pieces into it. So like you have the delivery trucks. You can get bigger delivery trucks, and, and those yeah. are are drop into spots and things. So,
5: yeah, it's a nice simple game. It's not hard once you stumble down. And the opposite end of that spectrum is Schrodinger's Cat. It's a card game. I think it's out of the box. Oh, the
2: box. this is a different
5: game. Oh, I must have found the wrong link. Okay, I'll try to find it.
2: Yes, uh, it was a game called Cat in the Box. Is what it's called.
5: Oh. I'll find the
2: link. It is a um the trick taking game but all the cards are one color. One so there's it's it's one single suit of cards and when you play the card you just you, you say you know this this card this cat the card I have is in a super state until I lay it down and now it's a green card or it's a red card or whatever.
5: So and you, so it's
2: trick taking but there's no suits to it.
5: The suits happen when you observe it. Which is Schrödinger's cat thing? Like, cat is: is it alive? Is it dead? Is it's in a box and there's poison? So the whole thing is like: when it's in my hand, the card is black. I lay it down. I say this card is green. And so everyone else can play green, or they can break suit. It's, a, it's an interesting game. Yes.
1: Oh. Okay.
5: It's definitely Uh, not a... There we go.
2: There's a link for you guys to check out. Yeah. I I should play this too.
5: Yeah, it's a lot. It took a... I've played rules that are different games, a lot harder. But it's definitely not a pick it up and play with my 10-year-old.
2: This awesome. Oh, and see, well, uh, okay. So then, what? DEF CON? What's that?
5: Uh, it's, I mean, think of the movie war games. Yes. It's like it's got the USA, Russia throwing nukes. Um, it's basically a couple nations prepping for nuclear war. It's like you can be the US, reach oh, okay. all that space, build up your radar so you have more view. Build up submarines, so you can attack people. Build up nukes. Build up anti-nuke uh, guns, and then eventually, at DEFCON one and two, those are the worst ones.
0: I don't know. No, I think at, I, I thought DEFCON four was the worst one. I don't. At know. the
5: at end of the
0: spectrum, the DEFCON spectrum,
5: there's a one through five. It works. Uh, you launch nukes and whoever survives which i don't know if anyone survives nuclear war but whoever like ends up with the most cities left intact wins so it's is a
2: very a, quick game. a pvp game yes okay
5: cuz it's up to six people i think <laughs> All Right. well you can you can play it at against a bot okay cuz you can go i'm the only person i got five bots with me yeah. Okay. So you can play by yourself, but it's a lot better with people. You can actually negotiate and say, "Hey, Russia and the U.S. aren't going to shoot each other," which has never happened. In no. History, but.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. So let's see. It looks like we're on to
1: Shannon. Hello.
4: What
2: are
1: you so- going to tell us about? Um, this past year, most of my actual role playing gaming has been DMing five edition uh, with nieces and nephews who are interested in the game. And that's been fun. Um, It's good to be uh, the uncle playing with these uh, tweens. They're aging between 12 and and my son is 17 uh, when uh, we've been playing. And I've got each family uh, player's handbook so that they can work through uh, generating their own characters. And I uh, started with a little five room dungeon uh, that I bought online from One Page Mage um, and uh, tweaked that a little bit to give them uh, a sort of a pre encounter. And it took, as it always does, about an hour for them to battle some twig blights, uh, real basic small monsters, but they didn't know what they were up against, and so they tried this and they tried that, and they and they fretted and they fraud, but they they had a lot of fun and they got through that dungeon and enjoyed it, and got back to town and got rewarded, and then in the next session we did an overland adventure from the small town where they were to the to the big town, a couple of days travel away, and they met some brigands and they met some zombies, not zombies, skeletons. And as they approached town, one of the characters decided that he was going to burn the farmlands. And so he did that and they got to town and he got arrested. And so the third session was a trial and the rest of the uh, the party uh, was all, yeah, he burned the farmlands. He's, he's not good (laughs) because (laughs) Because uh, as cousins, they had all gotten frustrated with his play style. And so as DM, I just got to sit back and say, okay, here's an action that you took. Here are some consequences. Let's see what what happens. And um, so... They they had, the, they had the trial, but while they were waiting for the trial to start, they all decided to wander around town and just buy stuff. And so most of that session was actually just a shopping excursion with them looking in the <laughs> player's handbook and saying, can I buy this? And me saying, how much gold do you have? Uh-huh. Um, and so they're just having fun playing the game rather than gaming the rules. Yep. And it's, it's just, it just is a lot of fun to watch that. They said, well, what does the town look like? They said, well, the town looks generally like this. And I had this big oval drawn on a piece of paper. And here's a district, and here's a district, and here's a district. And the next time they came back, they had completely filled in the town map with nice. all the things that they were interested in seeing. Yep. Um, and that, that makes the DMs job uh, just so much easier because, oh, they're interested in this, and it's in this part of town. I can set up encounters. I can set up NPCs. I can respond to what they want to do. And they will have fun doing that. And and my other goal with that was to make sure they had a safe place to learn how to play the game, to learn how to do role playing, to learn how to handle players who were um, employing different play styles than maybe they wanted to. Um, because as the grown up in the room, I was able to see what was going on from the grown up in the rooms point of view and not just as the DM's point of view and feeling like, oh, I've got to I've got to control this. I've got to maintain the story. I've got to maintain the illusion. No, all I really need to do is make sure they're enjoying themselves, that we're nodding in the direction of the rules so that they know that there are things that they can look up and cope with. And mm-hmm. also um, manage just sort of making sure that nobody's feelings really get hurt in the interpersonal part of it. That's and so awesome. that's the That's been um, a lot of fun, and in fact, they've gone off and played with other groups with their own, and their own age cohort, which is what they should be doing. They should not be Mm -hmm. relying on a fifty-year-old man, no matter how funny I am to be their dungeon master.
2: They should. So how how often are you are you you? So you you said you've kind of you've you fly, little bird.
1: But yeah, we've had uh, how about five sessions over the past year. Okay. Um, Is it kind of like a, a Thanksgiving sort of thing? Uh, everybody's in town. Uh, oh, okay. it's, it's, it's your sort of, in the first place, standard issue, coordinate everybody's schedule and get everything together. In fact, that was probably the second lesson I taught them. Always the,
2: <laughs> the, the, the heaviest task to overcome.
1: Yep. Was, this is always the hardest part of play is getting everybody together at the same time. Yeah. Um, yep. one of my, one of my nephews has, uh, health issues. And so scheduling around, uh, making sure that he's healthy enough to play has been mm-hmm. another, um, another task in itself. Um, but it's also great to get everybody together and play and not have to worry. Oh, you know, you know, we can, set aside for those several hours the fact that there's any kind of health concern. Cool. And and yeah. the health concern doesn't overwhelm the family. It's always there but um, we're all very open about it. Anyway, uh that's more than the listeners need to know. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> but, but we're enjoying we're enjoying uh we're enjoying all of ourselves and the fact that they're off playing uh, with their own friends makes me happy.
5: That's
1: awesome. Um happy to that, hear that. Yeah, that's great. And, um, you know, one of these days I would like to get back to a real live table with real live adults. I haven't actually been at a table um, since the last time Roy and I were at a table Mm
4: -hmm.
1: uh, together pre-pandemic. We did a couple of online sessions with that group. Um, But my job is sitting in front of a computer all day, um, making things happen. And so when the time comes to play games, I'm not super enthused about sitting down at a computer. (laughs) Um, and doing online play. Um, on the other hand, um, what I do do in the in the uh-huh. game space is uh, write write games and write little nonsense bits of um, supplementary material, character designs, or that kind of thing, and release those out into the world. And so I
2: yeah, man, plug your stuff. I uh,
1: I I I LARP as a game designer. <laughs> in my ongoing solo campaign, that is that is uh, my actual participation in the hobby these last couple of years has mostly been that. I recently reread a game I wrote called Chatterbox, um, which uh, I released a couple of years ago and hadn't really reviewed, but um, the mechanic of the game, affects how the PCs interact with each other. And I recently read a tweet that said, uh, you know, there was a different game that this uh, Twitter person had recently played and really enjoyed. But one of the aspects of the game that they didn't particularly like is that the game tells them how the PCs feel and how to respond to those emotions. And I thought, oh no, chatterbox is like that. And then I reread it and I thought, no, oh, no, chatterbox isn't actually like that. Um, the game is based on the, um, it's based to emulate Shows like The Rockford Files or movies like um, Red, Retired, Extremely Dangerous, where you've got a bunch of people who are out um, solving some problem that drew them away from their ordinary life and into some thing that they'd rather not have to deal with, but that they do have to deal with. And so the game is a storytelling game, and mostly it's, well, what happens next? What happens next? And when you reach a point where you're not sure what happens next then the game asks you to roll a bunch of dice um, and to describe a huge fistfight or a huge battle or a huge conflict and just make it as over the top as possible. Um, I was also thinking about a movie called The Quiet Man starring John Wayne, um, Mm -hmm. where there's a huge fistfight towards the end of the game, uh, towards the end of the movie, where uh, the antagonists become buddies at the end. And so, the mechanic does two things. One is to um, determine which of the players gets to decide what happens next, and then which of the other players gets to decide how the group is going to go about doing it. So for instance, if you're you're at a point where you're not sure whether you should uh, go to the bar or go to the racetrack, to figure out what happens next you have the huge battle and then you roll the dice and one of the players gets to decide and that player decides oh we're going to go to the racetrack and then another player gets to decide well once we're at the racetrack we're not going to go to the bedding window we're going to go to the stables and we're going to investigate around the stables and see what we can learn and they, they build the story step by step in that way um, there's no, there's, the way I designed the game. There's no real predefined stories. It's just, well, what, what would be interesting to happen next? Mm-hmm. But the other thing that the mechanic does is it changes the relationships, uh, between characters, uh, so that you can go from buddy to antagonist or antagonist to buddy, or it can be a, an excited relationship or a lukewarm relationship so that you've got, um, these dynamics that can, um, hopefully be fun to play with as players, but also can help uh, goose the storytelling. Like if you're always pals, and you're always really enthusiastic about being pals, maybe, maybe the story kind of flags because oh, you know, you're always just trying to be helpful with each other. Uh, But if you're always trying to be helpful with other, but one of the people doesn't like it. uh, Then that can give you some opportunities to to address the narrative. Um, and so when I reread the story, reread the uh, the game, I thought, oh, this this actually does seem to do what I want it to do uh, without forcing players to have to be certain ways. It just is encouraging uh, players to play characters in changeable ways, so that things don't get stale at the table. Um, of course, as a document, it it needs some work because itself <laughs> it's it's self edited, and I'm still a little bit conflicted about how I. Actually wrote the way the mechanics work because I don't think it's as complicated as it reads, and so I need to go back and and rewrite that game. Um, so that's that's the that's the LARPing I've been doing most recently uh, is is reviewing an older game. I've got a, an adventure module stewing in my head. There's a, an adventure module jam coming up on itch that uh, uses. Um, it's not, it doesn't require use of the, uh, the rule cyclopedia, old Dungeons and Dragons, um, Beckme rule set, um, but it's inspired by dungeon design tips from the Beckme rule set. So I'm looking forward to noodling around with that in the next couple of weeks too.
0: Cool. All right. All right. So, uh, we have a sponsor. It's Mike over at com. <laughs> And uh, you'll see the link in the show notes, how to spell it. We have a discount code, which is COG2019. That's all this discount code is. The,
2: the ever more out-of-date
0: discount yeah.
2: code. It's fun. It's
4: vintage.
0: I like it. Yeah, it's, it's vintage. vintage. You get 20% off your purchase over there. He's got stuff for Thingiverse and Hero Forge and a bunch of other uh, licensed print stuff. Or you can give him your own SDLs, so he'll take care of you. Again, altereddimension.com. See it in the show notes. So. On to uh, what's on your radar, and uh, the first thing we had was the Cult of Cthulhu. <laughs>
2: yeah, I saw that. I thought it kind of looked pretty silly. Uh,
0: I mean, um, yeah, I I'm all for this. This is cats upset. I'm assuming upset okay. with their uh, you know, what's going on, and now have to uh, yeah, to you know, end the world to make things better.
2: So this is um, uh, on its way to Kickstarter. Uh, that's where I got it from. So it's not it hasn't launched yet, and of course I should have included the Kickstarter link, and I didn't do it. Ah, um,
0: so we'll, we'll get it in the show notes. It's cool. Cat. Do, do, cat. Cat.
2: Cool. <laughs> no, that's not it. Um, yeah. So I thought it looked kind of silly and kind of fun, so I put that on there. So it does appear to be a um, like a social deduction sort of game, um, where you have cultists, where you have investigators, and you're not sure who's what.
1: <laughs> this sounds fun.
0: So I mean, yeah, it's like okay, how do all right. If I've got an occultist, um, am I like is, is it like an occultist cat? And oh, there he, it is. Okay. Are, are, are my investigator? That's, that's like what he is. I don't know. How how does this work? Uh, I, I'm just curious. It's like how you're you, asking the hard
2: questions that I don't have cat. answers to, man. How
0: do, you know, how do we move it over into like cat style? I think you know, so. are the cultist.
5: And on a box, it has a dog, so I assume the dogs are investigators.
0: Okay, I, I could get with that, and then it would be like, okay, the cats are trying to end the world, and so the dogs are trying to stop that. Yeah,
3: that's
0: what I'm thinking. I mean, yeah, 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 I mean, that honestly, every bit of that actually checks out. I would buy. The- <laughs> Yeah, I mean that makes sense to me.
5: Yep. Yeah, so it is a social <laughs> deduction game.
2: And then I have the second item here too, which also looked interesting. It's called floor Plan, the Winchester Mystery House.
0: <laughs> All right. So, are, you, uh, are you guys actually familiar with the Winchester house? I've yep. been there. Really? Oh really?
1: Yeah. Cool. It is fantastic.
2: It so it, of course, in the in the vein of how they can gamify anything, they've they've gamified uh, madness apparently. So it appears. Uh, well, you know what? I bet you that this is like a uh, like a roll and Right, like uh, Welcome to Your Perfect Neighborhood or Cartographers or games like that. Based on the hit game Floor Plan. All right, so. What does that look like?
5: Yeah, it looks like a roll and write like welcome to your neighborhood. Yeah. Do you add new rooms? Change your rooms.
2: Alright, so I'm gonna post a link to floor plan here. Which is this what this game will be
1: based on.
0: So like I wanna know I wanna know about the uh <coughs> The Winchester house, like, what was it like?
1: It was um, pretty much like you might imagine it is. Uh, So Sarah Winchester, heir to the Winchester estate, allegedly had a vision that all the people killed by Winchester rifles um, needed to be appeased. And so she uh, built this house, Gosh, it's been a long time, so I'm I'm gonna muck up the story here. But she she built this house in a in such a way that it could never be finished in order to appease the spirits of the dead.
2: She had like a and, clientele of sixty carpenters on, yeah. like on payroll.
1: Yeah, so we took the we took the spirits of the dead tour, and we took the behind the scenes tour, and so you're taking you're taken through this house, and it's uh, you know all the Scooby Doo stuff, all the the stairs to nowhere, and the doors on the third floor, and and um, as an aside, she had the first um, automatic car wash built on the estate um, in that region. Um, and everybody was all, "Ooh, that's very fancy. That's very fancy." And uh, and so it was. It was this Victorian rambling house. Uh, some of it was, you know, just gorgeous mansion parquet floor. Other parts of it were, um, "Are you sure that uh, that she even commissioned this, or did somebody just come along and start hammering lumber together?" Uh, <laughs> And, and there was, so there's a story here and there's a story there and it's the spirits of the spirits of the dead, the spirits of the dead. No oh, poor Sarah Winchester. And then and then uh, the the backstage tour. Um, the one of the more one of the more striking elements of the of the this is such a weird house tour was what are these windows doing in the floor? And. um and then the backstage tour was, uh, well, you know, this is a huge Victorian house, and and the basement was used for a lot of things. And um, among those things was, here's a bunch of plants down here, and those windows in the floor were actually windows to let the sunlight in. And so uh, a lot of the things that seemed like, oh, here it is, the late 20th century, and this is very weird, uh, were all, oh, it's the late 19th century and the early 20th century, and these are just sort of conventional elements and oh these stairs that go nowhere well no they don't actually go nowhere they used to go they used to go somewhere but then the house got built around it and they just left the stairs um or or oh you know it was so it was was a it was a very entertaining few hours um i i encourage anybody to go uh and and enjoy the, the the experience of seeing this interesting house and also the experience of taking both of the tours um if you can swing the time commitment to taking both of those tours and definitely take the the spirits of the dead tour first um there was an aviary was the aviary in the basement too it's been a while um yeah it was it was really it was really cool really enjoyable.
0: Marcus. So um where what state is, it, is that in?
1: It's just outside San Francisco.
0: Okay. I don't know why but I would have guessed um northeast of uh, US, but
1: Well, that's yeah. where that's where the Winchester fortune was made. Um, but uh, somewhere along the way they moved out west. Uh, so the Winchester family gunsmithy uh, fortune Got its start in the north northeast yeah okay
0: all right uh what uh, a yeah. ah space nom from war games atlantic
2: some of this stuff might have been stuff that rich put on here too
0: oh um, no no no. this is what i remember putting this on here this is okay. a better version of the 40k Catachin um Figures come coming from War Games Atlantic, which honestly, traditionally, uh, they don't do a very good job with their figures. They look kind of crappy and cheap, but they've gotten a lot better. Mm -hmm. So, why they decided to do Catachins, but they did. And uh, yeah, here they are. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's they're the ones that look kind of like Rambo. And honestly, they were that was like the very first plastic Imperial Guard. For 40K and man, uh, which made it cheaper for you to do an army, but still, golly, those plastic figures were just garbage. They look terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing I found uh, was military miniaturepress.com and they have the Russia Ukraine war fact book. I guess that is coming out because that's kind of a work in progress. They sell yeah. uh, miniatures, they right. sell uh, books, all this fun stuff uh, on there. So,
5: Oh, it, it's actually published already.
0: Yeah, I guess it's like the fact book for now. I don't know. That's the weird thing is that, you know, you almost forget about it. it like, if I didn't listen to yeah. the news every morning, that, that, that shit's still going on.
2: Well, there's, I'm sure there's going to be an errata that'll come out, or, uh, you know, an appendix, revised edition
0: an faq yeah yeah. uh Uh, but yeah um the next thing i had was from warlord games there is a new two-player box set called incoming a gentleman's war this is gives you eighth army british versus africa corps which uh i ended up doing parry miniatures for my africa corps because they scale better with the um warlord uh vehicles but that's just me any okay. of you guys ever like play bolt action or hear about it or anything just curious i've uh, heard of it okay but it, uh, now
4: it's, it's uh
2: it, it's kind of scale agnostic isn't it
0: uh well i mean it's roughly 28 millimeter um uh, uh world war Two, roughly okay uh because their infantry is a different scale than the um uh vehicles so you know eh. so i mean eh, that's the thing but you know whatever i still it's a fun game i love the dice aspect of it as to you draw dice out of a bag to see who goes next and yeah so anyway nice so the next thing we had was uh something i actually ended up backing was the i'm gonna mutilate this what is it Drakar? oh come Ach, on here it is Dr- dracar Ach dimener uh, i mean it's what is that like some kind of weird cologne i don't know <laughs> apparently it's like a uh 80 in 1982 this came out in sweden and now we're bringing it over here to the u.s i i was interested in it cuz it's coming from free league but then um I got to the artwork where there is a duck assassin and so I was like fuck I was like fucking sold man <laughs> <laughs>
2: where know. okay um oh wait I see it
0: yeah so you don't know, see the that
2: flaps of the night
0: yeah no shit he looks a lot <laughs> a lot tougher than darkwing duck so um I ended up backing this at the uh deluxe bundle and uh I'm trying to see if they have anything crazy on here i don't think so you can just get yeah, oh. yeah just the realtor stuff i mean it seems to be a pretty reasonable deal i've backed a couple of things from uh free league and i've always been impressed with it so you know there you go <laughs> uh <clears throat> i see there's a new version of stellaris on here
2: oh uh yeah i talked about that i i saw it at um and Gen Con.
0: Uh, now, I have um, the console version of this and uh-huh. have, not, have not played it. Been on my list for a while. But, uh, yeah, this is, was it a board game first or was it a video game first?
2: I think it was a video game first. And to me, it looked like a Twilight Imperium knockoff and, and I, I'm uh, knockoff doesn't sound nice, but I mean, you know what I mean? It's, it's twilight Imperium, like being a four X game. But
3: faster? Yeah.
2: Maybe. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I honestly, I think in anything, you know, it, that's kind of, they're like twilight Imperium kind of gets to be its own thing. And yeah. <clears throat> everybody else tends to play faster. There's but one a- thing
2: I, I do remember about Solaris is that, um, you kind of guide your race's evolution. So I think you you play it from, you know, banging the rocks together up to space bearing, I think. But I'm not for sure about that.
0: Hmm. Okay. Uh yeah, I'd be curious to see like how far you can go. And again, it reminds me of uh the Bob Verse novels. So Oh, we are Legion, we are Bob? Yeah, because that's, I mean, kind of like what he does in a lot of things is... Okay, uh, yeah. ...with these primitive races he encounters, but yeah.
2: So, um, I've noticed here that this is not a Kickstarter. It's a CrowdOx. So, it's crowd. It's another crowdfunding uh, site. Are people trying to kind of move away from Kickstarter? Mm.
0: Don't, don't, what, what is it the kids say? Don't threaten me with a good time. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, I don't know. I, I would, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I believe that, but I think it's there are a lot of other companies uh, that want to get in on that sweet, sweet Kickstarter money. Cause I mean, come on. Trying to get a taste. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you get suckers to prepay f- for stuff and then you, you just take a cut off the top. And whether or not they deliver or not, who cares? That's that's not on mm-hmm. you. So I mean, damn, it's just it's straight up it's free money. So uh, yeah,
1: I don't know. Early this year, late last year, there was a lot of grumbling about uh, Kickstarter and NFTs, and so uh, there was uh, discussion about what are the options, what are the what are the alternatives, and in the indie design community. Um. Everybody got cranky, and then sort of settled back into Kickstarter uh, because the visibility beats everything else.
2: Mm,
4: yeah.
2: Uh, uh, I'm yeah. trying to see That's why we have typewriters that are. We have computer keyboards that are still have screwed up letter placement because it's like well, it's what we've all known, so that's what we're gonna stick with.
0: Well, uh is it there uh indie indieGogo
1: indieGogo yep yeah, and people, I mean,
0: that's, that's and up.
1: people are also using itch um oh yeah to do yeah, their yeah. crowdfunding so there are alternatives out there and and they're effective people are and some people have even run their own um I've got I've got something coming from um nerves the nerves store uh, later this year that was a self-hosted crowdfunding uh, so there are effective uh tools out there but in terms of um plug and play uh, nothing quite beats kickstarter well uh, hmm. those other tools you've got to already have your marketing in place and and uh and uh, an enthusiastic audience willing to do some of your uh additional marketing hmm.
0: yeah.
1: and nothing and nothing can touch scene quest right
0: zine quest
1: that's an annual thing that kickstarter hosts for for small uh indie publishers who are doing you know zines you know the take your eight and a half by 11 fold it in half and staple it and uh issue your content that oh, way okay. um and they they've done that i guess four years running and it's it's a quasi-official function uh, of zine of uh, something that kickstarter does basically it's like a hashtag on on kickstarter and it runs for a month and um indie developers will often work all year to prep a zine for zine quest month and then make bank and and then deliver or not <laughs>
0: it's interesting okay all right uh the next thing we had was a new hero quest you guys ever played hero quest
2: I have a bunch of it in my basement. I use it for, for D&D uh, scenery. And I've played it a few times, too. Yeah, Although the I, plastic is getting kind of brittle.
0: I mean, it's become like a really sought-after uh, game for various uh, reasons. I know uh, Battletech players like it because the hexes are the perfect scale.
4: Oh, yeah?
0: And, yeah, uh, yeah D&D players, you know, all this, all this different stuff. But... It's gotten really hard to find and gotten really expensive. So, naturally, it is now getting relaunched. So, that's cool. Awesome.
2: So, you're saying so, that I have a gold mine and plastic in my basement?
0: Yeah, you could. You could. Yeah. It's generally, okay. they, it goes pretty, pretty well for it. Oh. But, uh, yeah, this is going to be a big deal. This will be a big launch. I just hope it's, you know, not going to, they're not going to do something stupid like, um, kickstart it cuz it's coming for Hasbro for god's sake. I mean, if they don't have enough money to do anything. I mean, jeez. Anyway. You think Hasbro is going to go
2: to
1: Kickstarter?
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, look, I I
1: think Hasbro could buy Kickstarter if they wanted to go to Kickstarter.
0: <laughs> I know, but that doesn't stop them. I mean, look, uh the company that owns Catalyst Game Labs is a multi-billion dollar company, but they still put their shit on Kickstarter. So, uh, yeah. But anyway, it's, it's coming. It's a big deal. So, uh, The next thing we had is When the Wolf Comes RPG. It's up on Kickstarter. Let me double check that this has not ended. Oh, Has it? I did. Yes, it has ended. Right. Uh, but yeah, we'll have it listed here uh, in, on the show notes because you could eventually hit the backer kit for it. And there have been a couple of games like this uh you know kind of sci-fi uh norse like thing i love the art style in this and i'm hoping this is considered like an osr type thing i know it comes from the same guy that did shadow of the demon lord so i don't know are you guys familiar with that one
2: no no i am not
0: i like it as an rpg it's one of those where hey the world has ended um it's a uh you know and you're just trying to make your way through it like uh the thing that was supposed to happen uh did not happen uh you know the whoever was supposed to throw the ring in whatever it may be it didn't happen it failed and so you're trying to kind of survive and maybe win uh mork borg is a little bit like that too um With it, though, you can do. It's basically you're trying to either get enough money to live comfortably till the world ends, or uh, actively prevent the apocalypse. However, in any given game of Borg, Borg, there is a chance that the apocalypse will just it'll just end, like in the middle of your game, like the world ended, boof. So there you go. All right.
2: That's that's where I keep all my stuff.
0: I know, right? (laughs) All right. So on, on to actual news. There's been a statement made on the hat of Z.
2: Yeah. Okay. So I put this on here. I, I don't know if you guys. This is so. This is based about around um, Spelljammer. So there is a race of character in Spelljammer that are space apes. They're winged apes, and um, somebody was kind of reading through it and said this is pretty racist um so i don't know and i don't i first came across this when i was on reddit and so it was a uh dm that was a person of color was kind of weighing in on it a little bit and um i I don't know that's i I don't know that much about it but i know that uh um games or uh wizards of the coast is a little bit kind of got put back on their heels about it a little bit. So they put this statement out saying they're gonna take this particular race out of all of the um uh the digital copies of the spelljammer stuff. Um so
1: are they know. retooling it's, that or are they just um excising it?
2: I think they're effectively to remove the offensive comment content about Hado in our digital version so i think them that kind of sounds like a retool actually
5: but it sounds like they're removing parts yeah. not all of it
2: Yep. and i guess i should have put more um more information in there in that on that link um but uh yeah i don't know it's it, some people are saying that like the people that are getting upset about it um are, are maybe i don't know so I'm I'm not a black dude. I've I've never been black, so I don't know if if you know if I were coming from that background, if I read this, if I would say, well, this is pretty racist, and I'm I don't I don't like it. Um, so I don't know. It's uh,
0: well, what I what I think of immediately is you know that whole shit show going on with the 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 company that has the TSR name. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. remember, remember they're, uh, they're redoing whatever the sci-fi uh, RPG is, and they put in that race. Uh, or they it says something up there's a particular race oh, that they talked about shit. being dark-skinned, and they're strong, yeah. but they're not smart, you know. That's what I immediately think of, you know, with, yeah. with that. I don't know, maybe they were trying to avoid that level of controversy or something, I don't know. But yeah, so, I mean yeah, it's, I had no idea. I actually own a copy of the new um uh, spelljammer but haven't like looked to see looked through it yet. I'm, you know, I don't know. My group, I have to try really really fucking hard to get them to play 5E. So, um, I'll yeah, I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. They're they're OSR through and through. So. Huh.
2: So yeah. I'm I'm reading from an article here. It says strip away the fantasy trappings of mad wizards and arcane experiments, and this is a race of people that were captured, enslaved, forcibly transformed against their will, and eventually released by the benevolence of their owners. In other words, readers saw some yeah. very strong parallels to the enslavement of black people, the atrocious practice of the transatlantic slave trade, slave trade, and the colonization of Africa. So. Even one of the official pieces of Head of the Artwork heavily invokes minstrel imagery, making these parallels more explicit.
4: Uh, the question
2: is Is I'm not sure who is upset by that.
5: And I, I feel like, as the. I feel was just now talking. Like, we understand there's implications, but what? going any further, asking these deeper, maybe. Like,
2: well, it, we're four white guys talking about, about know, race. So yeah, I, I I follow you.
5: I, that is the timid Brian. Okay. That's yep. Yeah.
2: All right. Um. Yeah, and so I don't know if, you know, if if uh, if people of color are upset by this, then I'm going to support them and be upset by it too. But if it's if it's somebody who is just wants to have something to gripe about, um, I'm I'm less behind that
1: i think I think we can see that the the criticism is seen as legitimate, given how fast Wizards of the Coast responded in yeah, this case
2: that's true um, yeah
1: and we are we are after all talking about not only Wizards of the coast um who has been blowing past its sales goals for the last couple of years, but a division of Hasbro who has the ability to get it right the first time
2: that's true, and they they for whatever reason didn't do that.
1: Um, so you've got a collector's item, Adam. Ah, <laughs> uh, may, yeah,
0: maybe so. Yeah, we've got in
1: Michigan. We've got a we've got a museum where people can donate um, uh, negative stereotype imagery and cultural artifacts involving Black people. I'll get that information to you. Really? <laughs> yeah. I
0: didn't, I didn't know that. Okay, look, I cannot begin to tell you how much that stuff exists down here growing Mm -hmm. up i knew people uh, like adults in my life that collected it you know and it's all this old like racist advertising and shit and you still fucking see it when Mm -hmm. you go to like any flea market down here it's still there and uh yeah i didn't know huh that's interesting that they would be a place that like keeps it and i mean I mean, yeah. It makes sense, but yeah, it's
1: uh, it's at Ferris State University up here in Michigan. It's called the Jim Crow Museum of Racist Memorabilia.
0: Really? I uh, didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, huh, that's interesting. All right. Uh, who wants to tell me about uh, what 1D&D is? Well, I, I brushed
5: on it earlier. That's the, um,
0: Rush thicker. the
5: FSU and the yeah. um, playtest rules.
2: Go from a two-inch brush to a three-inch brush.
5: If you don't want me to talk about it, it's
0: there. <laughs> Bru- br- no, brush it with those contrast paints. <laughs> <laughs> that'll, that'll help us.
5: So, yeah, this is this is the the
2: kind of the initial play test that they're throwing out yeah. there, right? Yeah. Okay.
5: So they did a play test. They've gotten some rules down. Um, I don't think they have all backgrounds, but they changed feet. So, like, extra abilities your characters can do. Uh, they have got some new spells. Uh, it's just a expansion because it is backwards compatible to 5e. Oh, so that's okay. What they said so you can play. So like all all the stuff is better backgrounds, different races. I mean like different changed. Change. So they're the same races, but like they got rid of half elves. So you can get all the. You can basically be whatever you want to be. So, you can play a half elf, but you get the bonuses of a human or an elf. You don't get a weird mix. Okay. It's just more. Whatever you want, more customizable.
2: Hmm. All right. Yeah, this, uh, this FAQ is pretty uh, involved,
0: seems like. Well, okay. So, are they like going. I know there's like this big push online and I don't understand like what it is they're doing with uh, what is that uh, their online uh, D&D thing?
1: Oh, D&D, D&D Beyond. Beyond? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't understand like what all that is.
5: Oh, So D&D Beyond is a website app. Uh, you can buy the books. So you can buy the player handbook you can buy the Spell Jammer, and it helps with online character creation. Like I love it for spellcasters because it's got all the spell. It's just like it basically says it's character creation just a lot faster. Like you can, like I'm an elf. Click on elf. That's it.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Automatically got all your proficiency bonus. All your Elf stuff is on a character sheet. You click, I'm going to be a rogue. That's my example. That's what I default to. I don't know why. Hmm. Um, but, like, you get all the class stuff. It's on the sheet with all the Elf stuff. And um, it yeah. just gives you all the choices immediately. Drop-down menus. Yeah. It, it crunches all the numbers for you. Is oh, it yeah.
1: a virtual tabletop for, for use in play?
5: Um, It's not a tabletop. Okay. So it's not like uh, Roll 20, right? Which Roll 20s virtual maps, virtual dice.
2: But there is a plugin to make them talk to each other.
5: Yeah. Okay. D&D, is, DD Beyond is like just like character. The DMs can build encounters, which as a DM I love because it you can plug in how many characters you're playing with. So it'll be with Roy's group. I can go four level one char- characters, and then pick monsters. That then will calculate out the CRs, oh, so okay. I'm not throwing four characters into a deadly fight
4: because mm-hmm.
5: CR is a nightmare. Yes, CR is challenge rating. So like a boar has a CR of like a quarter, and a big old dragon is a CR of thirty. There's weird math involved by like number of attacks, average damage per attack, average whatever per turn. This cuts it down. You got a party of four and take this much people before they die. It's simplifying combat, simplifying character creation, and it makes it easier.
0: Alright, uh, so the next thing I've got is what I was talking about a while ago. The leaked Star Frontiers <laughs> thing contains racist descriptions. Yeah, okay. Uh, I do remember this. Talking yeah, about this before. I mean, this is a little old at the moment, but this has been pretty much confirmed. I think uh, Luke Gygax even uh, was caught on I mean, in an interview, it was like, oh yeah, yeah, this is it. I mean, it talks about like, you know, it's this racist it's, stereotype of black people. And th- not only that, it's this Negro sub race, but it also has like this Nordic race that is even better, you know, than regular people. So, uh, I I don't know. It's So to me, it's so fucking weird that in the, in the, in the year of our Lord 2022, we're still dealing with this shit. Yeah. You know, it's like I don't understand how someone could write this out on a keyboard, could type it out and go like, oh, yeah, this will fly. It's the context of it, or, or whatever their fucking excuse is. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. So,
5: well, looking at the, the link in there, it's got the example of races. The uh, Nordic are tall, blonde, blue-eyed race with exceptional attributes, and powers all attributes are in the 13-plus range. And then the... Uh, Well, it is fine
2: to say that your character is black or that he's Nordic, but don't put numbers to it.
5: Don't put numbers to it and don't use the Negro word. Yeah. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry if that's controversial, but like, don't admit that this. Sorry, that's
0: my own beliefs. Uh, I mean yeah I, I don't He's fucking pulling the ripcord guys. Yeah, I it's yeah, I don't get it. It's it it really is like uh okay, well yeah, this is fine. Let's put this in here. And I, I fully believe like two or three people this isn't like just one person just like typed this out and posted it. At least two or three people above him had to sign off on it to go, oh, yeah, that's that's fine. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. It's, it's
1: this fine. is the game we want people to play.
0: Yeah, we're going to celebrate. Hey, I was on
2: vacation that week. I just I told my assistant to just <laughs> greenlight everything. You
0: know, it's, uh, it, yeah. I mean, that, that really blows me away is, is with that. It's like not only, it's not just one person self-publishing it. It is, you know. There's a lot, um, of, checks. There's a lot of boxes that need to be checked. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's yeah. multiple people, you know, going, yes, this is fine. Let's yeah. let's put let's yep. put this out. We're going to, you know, make some money. This, yeah, and this is what we're gonna do. And I'm, so
1: I'm, uh, I'm sitting here now imagining the play test and the responses coming back. Either, you know what we need more of? That's really that's really doubled down on this essentialism or worse let's tone it down and this is what came out
0: uh, i mean yeah oh oh shit i never really thought about that like in the closed playtest, maybe it was like worse like really fucking oh. racist you know and they're like no no no. all right we got to cut this down that won't work all right and they cut it down to this and then they're like okay this is good this this will be yeah
1: we are so welcoming
0: Eh, i don't know and you you know they had to just like had to rationalize it to each other i'm surely somebody looked at it and goes oh yeah well you know people are gonna say this and then they're gonna but wait if you put it into the context of this it's totally good and they're like oh yeah jim that's right oh yeah i didn't think about it like that you're right let's put this out no problem in fact if they don't get it they're the racist Oh god. <laughs> what,
5: what I don't understand is like we talked about Roy and I play in D, and D is like I'm a human cleric. Walk out to guy, hi, I'm playing a Negro something. It's like how is that yeah how is that
0: not caught? <laughs> uh uh yeah, I don't know. I uh, and you know, this is gonna continue to shake out. Yeah, I mean honestly it's kind of where we are, you know, in the country at at the moment, you know, with we're taking sides, and you know, and we're going yeah, just... just.
5: Who is on that
0: side?
1: Oh, those guys. Sorry. sorry.
0: Mm. <laughs> well, yeah, there are. There are people on that side, and they're like, oh, well, you know, it's just the woke culture. It's it's the people... Uh, no, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. That's that's too broad of a shrug. But I, it...
5: There's a wide definition between being correct like calling them at calling african americans at like that broad term versus other terms versus like way out their theories that are held by a minority of people like not all
0: yeah Yeah. (laughs) but uh anyway this is happening it's a shit show (laughs) There you go. Thought you might want to know. So we're just gonna toss that out there. It's in the show notes. It will continue to be a shit show. I don't I, sure. I, I would be surprised if a Star Frontiers ever releases. I'm honestly I'm really fucking sad because I own a bunch of the original Star Frontiers things. I guess I'm gonna run them with uh Stars Without Number or something. And uh yeah. But here you go. Anyway. Uh the next thing we had was Adventures in Rogagon comes uh to D&D. Legend of the Five Rings is coming to uh 5th edition. I mean, I love this card game. I wish it had a better following locally before it died and uh I love absolutely love the lore of uh this this game and highly recommend you pick up it i mean they had their own rule set for a long time but uh yeah and this is good it's good that it's coming to fifth edition and uh yeah so are you guys familiar with it at all yeah with l5r yep you okay. You sent
2: me a bunch of cards
0: yeah, 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 yeah. I, well i mean just like the 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 lore and whatnot of it mm-hmm. just curious if you're if you're familiar with it yeah okay but uh yeah it's a lot of fun real good awesome so there you go that was news a couple weeks ago and uh the next thing we had was luke gygax company signs on as an evil genius everyday heroes partner this is a company that seems to get the rights to various ips uh such as escape from new york pacific rim highlander rambo the crow Total Recall, Universal Soldier, and they're bringing these out as uh, RPGs. Now, out of all of those, I can see how Highlander would be cool, and I would be very interested to play Universal Soldier. So,
5: I would like to play Pacific Rim. I mean, it's, uh, a, it's a good. I watched the movies It's a good movie.
0: Can I? Can I be Charlie Day though? That's that's the one. I want to be that guy. Sure.
5: <laughs> yeah. In RPG, you could be anyone.
0: I know. It's like you know, I want to have my you know the Pepe Lopez uh thing, you know, the board with red yarn, and I'm smoking cigarettes. I don't know. Just. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so yeah, there you go. And well, you know,
2: you if you're playing in Total Recall, you could be the uh, the the triple-breasted board of on Six.
0: That is true. It's oh yeah. I mean, that's how does yeah. That's gonna be like the immediate thing. It's like okay, <laughs> I'm going to be a mutant with three boobs. Yep. So there you go. Just had this out there. Here why you wouldn't yeah? Yeah. Why not? Uh-huh. I mean, why do you want to be like one of those two boob suckers? Just have three. Uh-huh. All right. So would all right. If there's a three-breasted lady is attractive. What if there was like. A one-breasted lady with one giant boob—is that attractive or no?
2: It, so it'd be like what Leela from uh, uh, Futurama. Futurama, yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> yeah. Is it? Instead of an eye, she, what, what, yeah. Oh. She, has, she has like one giant boob. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't. You know, I I don't know, you it's know. Right in front, down low. I I don't know. Look, I promise you, somebody is writing that down right right now they're like oh, oh yeah, it's, yeah it's get, just that's
5: good rule 34 check, check tingle
0: yeah that's going into my next novel can just get that right there yep it's gonna be fucking awesome <laughs> I promise time
5: after this comes out there's gonna be some yeah. good rule 34 you bet one-breasted woman you
0: so betcha. uh the next thing we had was a free league again is now uh and they're now getting into lord of the rings they're putting out Lord of the Rings for 5th edition. You know, it, this was announced at Gen Con, and I swear to you, I get so damn confused as to who actually has the Lord of the Rings role-playing IP. its I swear, I think in the past five years, it's jumped to, like, three different companies. Re- remember the One Ring? You know, that... that uh, mm. our, our, oh. Let's see, the One... Ring RPG, and, uh, well, that's what will be, that's what they're calling it for, uh, in this one, and a second edition of this came out from, okay, again, Free League, but no, that's not the one I'm thinking of, damn, Cubicle 7, yes, Cubicle 7 had it first released in 2011. And everybody thought that was cool. I Even I like read it and liked it. I was like, damn, this is, seems like kind of fun to play and whatnot. And uh, yeah, I don't know. They just jump around. And they at least had it up into 2015. So now I guess Free League has got it. And yeah, there you go. I guess that's what you do. If you own an IP, you, uh, you make the person pay for it. You know,
2: it's over and over again,
0: over and over again, or you're like, ah, eh, well, fuck you. I'm gonna, uh, you know, just go over to Free League and they're gonna pay more. Mm-hmm. So, I remember
2: playing the the old Role Master, uh, MERP Middle Earth Roleplay back in the late 80s. Hmm, it was a, a percentile based Okay, game.
0: I'm not, yeah, I'm not familiar with that one.
2: yeah Yeah, so if you remember role master yeah um it was a essentially it was the role master uh game system but it had uh you know middle earth trappings around it
0: okay i i have you guys played any of any of them in the modern era no i have not i mean are they interested uh you know would would is it attractive? I guess to say, you know, like you love Lord of the Rings enough that you're like, oh yeah, fuck yeah, I want to role play that shit.
2: I don't know. It's um, to me, Lord of the Rings is literature, well, in film, not so much a game.
1: D and D
5: already has. You could run a D. You could run a um, Lord of the Rings campaign. In D D already, right? Like yeah. they're coming out with different stuff that the races and classes can do. That's great, but I could run Fellowship of the Ring relatively well enough. I mean, it'd be depending on the players. But if you can't say Hobbit,
2: you have to say Halfling. Halfling, sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> these these nieces and nephews of mine, um, in uh-huh. fact, are attempting that very thing to run a Lord of the Rings. Using 5e. Oh, like amongst
2: themselves?
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, And it's it's an amazing set of conversations to have with them because um, they are vaguely aware how deeply over their heads they are
4: (laughs) um,
1: with this because 5th edition is not designed to play the kind of tale that lord of the rings is Um, so a a tale as in um the presence of magic limited resources limited resources um, okay yep just the the player options um that are i mean just in the player's handbook Leaving aside all of the other supplemental materials that have come out since the Player's Handbook for Fifth Edition came out, um, it's it's they're, they keep they keep talking about how they're going to deal with the fact that all the characters are overpowered. Oh. Um, and 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 they're also uh, stumbling into the fact that in order to play Lord of the Rings, you're basically running a railroad campaign. You know, yeah. they haven't they haven't reached a point where they can sandbox um, in that kind of environment. Um, I think running, a, so they're they're learning a ton, <laughs> and they're having and they're having fun, and that's all that really matters.
5: I think working in that Lord of the Rings campaign, you either have to like start at a higher level, or I, I don't know, like it's Aragon, Aragon, or Aragon. Aragorn Aragorn, Aragorn. There's ours. Aragorn is <laughs> definitely not level one. Like he'd honestly be ten, level ten, which starting as new players is not easy to go with. I remember this
2: now. Do you guys remember right. DM of the Rings? No. It was uh, a it was a webcomic.
1: Okay. Where oh. Where they, they
4: yeah.
2: It took screen grabs, and then they put dialogue with it. Um, so what the, I'm looking at page one here. Long ago, before the dawn of the third age, the Dark Lord Sauron forged the one ring into this ring. Holy totally epic backstory. Can we get like a quick note version of all of this or something? Are you sure you want to play this Lord of the Rings thing? It kind of sounds like a goofy. Uh, I have all my mech Order stuff in the car, if you want to try that instead. So it takes screen grabs and it's adding uh, uh, very basically playing it like a and d game. Okay. <laughs> so it's called DM of the Rings.
1: I, I'm not actually familiar with that, although I have read Board of the Rings. The Harvard. Board Lampoon. of the Rings? Yeah, it was a Harvard Lampoon parody novel that came out, God, probably in the early 80s. Okay. I included and a link there. I'm also familiar with something called The Last Ring Bearer, uh, which retells the story from the point of view of Mordor, um, struggling as an industrial economy against these agrarians. <laughs> um, and it's written by a Russian author. And that was that was really good because it's a spy novel mostly.
4: Oh.
1: Um, yeah. Hmm. But no, a webcomic I not Okay.
0: Hmm. Okay. Not familiar with that one. Uh, and um. Is that about it? Have we ran out of things? No. Wait. And, yeah, I have DM of the Rings linked in the show notes. Uh, so yeah, I guess that brings us to the end of the show. Wow, we talked for a while. I like mm-hmm. this with uh, you know, more people. You know, I I don't know. It really is. Yeah, interesting. I like it. You know, just having that extra person going on and
1: yeah Um, on and on sorry yeah i appreciate (laughs) you guys going on you know
5: like i said you know well there's still in three of us because shannon and i are one person
1: that's right yeah
4: that's
0: right two guys in a trench coat got you yep so uh yeah so i guess that's the uh the end of the show and uh hopefully i will post this and uh have it you know up tomorrow and that'll be cool and well
2: yeah real quick uh yeah Shannon, why don't you, you you plug your itch stuff? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Sure.
1: yeah,
0: you guys should absolutely plug plug your stuff.
1: Um, I can my my stuff can be found on itch, uh, so it's uh, Shannon, uh, Shannon McMaster dot itch dot io, Shannon at Twitter and Shannon McMaster dot com. We'll get you around to my nonsense. Thank you so much for letting me go on. And
0: I'll, I'll have this link in the show notes, so you know, just in case, yeah i know i can't i know if you're driving down the road i don't want you to wreck trying to write this <laughs> down you know so yeah i have a link to the show notes so cool all right uh yeah what uh, what else what else We need uh, brian you gotta plug anything
5: um we're recording our session yes Is
0: mike oh. get posted somewhere
5: someday uh, maybe
0: that's a free point i guess I mean, I think you guys guys should. I would fucking love to do an actual play podcast. I absolutely love the the synergy that my group I play with has, and they won't come anywhere near a microphone. So they're like, no, 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 we're no, no, we're not going to do that. And of course, I say, you know, I love it. I can't wait to play every Tuesday. Uh, You know, maybe they hate me. Maybe they're like, oh, fuck, you know, he's coming again. I don't know. I don't think so, but it's certainly possible. And, uh, yeah, I really, yeah, I just really wish we could do, yeah, something like that. Because we have a hell of a lot of fun, a hell of a lot of fun. Or at least, you know, commenting on stuff like, hey, the new Spelljammer came out. Let's flip through it. and Let's, you know, Mm -hmm. talk, make fun of it, whatever. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. Anyway.
5: So, I mean, if, if you want more unofficial, like, suggestion thing, I mean, D&D Beyond is great. Uh, Dimension 20 is my favorite AP, or actual play, going on right now. It's a bunch of improv comedians playing Dungeons & Dragons.
0: All right. I actually, um, let's see, I use Fantasy Grounds, and I've used uh, Roll 20. Those are the ones that I've, do- I've personally used. And I'm trying to think. There's another one. What is the uh that other big one that's now kind of a big deal? Damn it, I can't think of the name of it. Uh, anyway, whatever. I that thought is. it
2: was Fantasy Grounds. That's the only one other than Roll Twenty that I'm aware
0: of. Ah, there's Fantasy, there's Roll Twenty, and there's another one. As far that's, as a, a virtual tabletop. Yes, yes. This making uh kind of waves is it's becoming like a bi- a big deal. I don't know. I can't think of the name of it. Ah, Anyway, I hate it when I do this, especially at the end of the show. But anyway, all right. So uh, I guess we're done. And uh, thank you guys for coming on, helping us out. And uh, yeah, see you guys later.
4: All All right. right. Good night, everybody.